Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Meanwhile, back at High Five for the podcast. Ooh, yes, High Five. (laughs) (laughs) We're all of a sudden in He-Man, like Skeletor's lair. Yes, He-Man, yes! (laughs) Why are we the evil villains? I said, meanwhile, back at High Five the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And and you went straight to us being the villains. Why wouldn't we be the villains? High Five? Uh, wait, wait. Sad high five. <sighs> Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right. I like that. I don't know how we would be like comic villains. Like how? What would be our super evil power? Would it just be like the uh, the power to turn people off? Yeah, so no, like, we like, ah, we just rob a bank because we go in there, start re- recording a podcast, and people are like, "Oh Jesus, make this stop!" And we're like, "You could leave," and very, they all leave. Very we similar rob to the that. Bank. Yeah, that's exactly our power. We basically just go on too long about topics no one cares about. Right. So we we just a- g- we just show up at a location and start engaging in a conversation with each other, and it just clears the room. And that's why our superpower. Uh, our super villain team name is Brown Noise. That's it. Everyone shits their pants <laughs> and <leaves>. simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I oh, shit my pants. <laughs> I've got to go home. And we're like, we can rob the bank now. Damn it! High five has done it again. <laughs> Damn you, Brown Noise! <laughs> <laughs> As they run away, they're just like step poop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's two episodes, damn near in a row, we've opened with poop jokes. Well, welcome back to Poopcast. <laughs> Where I'm your host, Dookie Q. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, uh, Squishy J. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk about poops. Brown poops, yellow poops, little baby green poops. <laughs> now this poop joke has gone on too long and is coiling around on itself. I was going to say it's gone on too long and everyone's left the room. Seems that our powers are intact, my good friend. Yes! Everyone has shut the podcast off. How are you, Q? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I am doing well. I've uh, I've missed you. It's been almost a full week since we've really talked and had a conversation about anything. It has. We actually purposefully avoid each other during the off-recording times. So we have something to talk about. Yes, so as not to... Yes, not to spoil our show. That's that is like the motto of our life is save it for the show. It's 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 funny because we are life friends and counterparts and partners and everything and but only on the podcast. <laughs> but only on the podcast because the rest is like all right, we've got to talk about like our business ventures. And then, hey, I did this thing. It's like, save it for the show. Right. And so so literally we get to talk about nothing fun. 
Yeah, it's all just like, hey, we're launching that like project that's related to comics in October. What do we want to talk about there? Hey, we're starting up this, you know, this thing. Hey, what did you do this week? Save it for the show. And then we're just like, okay. And then we get on the episode and we're just like, hey, guy, what have hey, you been up to? And they're like, I don't know. It's been too long. I don't know. I forget everything I did. <laughs> I forget everything I was excited to tell you about four days ago. Um, I'm trying to think if I have really, I haven't really watched anything new since the last time we <laughs> talked. We've been pretty, you know, we teased it a little bit and I'm going to tease it a little bit more. You just said it. Um, without giving anything away, you and I are like knee deep in a fun new project from High Five. Heck yeah. I don't even know that it's from High Five technically. It's just from you and I. Yeah, and it's it's um I mean it's unrelated to anything we've ever done before for sure. I would say it's bigger than knee deep. We're like waist deep in this now. That's for sure. We're almost drowning. So I mean, guys, we'll talk about it more, but we will be launching some entertainment venue, a uh, vehicle, uh, thing that you want to be a part of related to comics this fall. I can tell you, it's a comic book. It is, and it's but that's it. it. it we'll you, talk about it more. This we're not going to tell you what it is coming this fall. It's actually a comic strip. Peanuts two, <laughs> and we are we are also the uh, the masterminds behind the nine hundred two one zero reunion. That's true in yeah. comic book form. That's what we're writing. It is that's, a that's terrible nine hundred two one zero reboot comic book. Yes, <laughs> that no one asked for. No, no, it's a uh, it's actually it takes place in the future. I hope everybody likes it because uh, it takes place in the future, and all of the kids from nine hundred two one zero are replaced by androids and it's called i90210 um and then Ooh, all of them that. get murdered by will smith that's true but it's will smith as the genie from i Aladdin. was just about to say that so it's it's gonna be a mix you know m- multimedia uh multi-channel you it's guys a, are really gonna love it it's an unlicensed disney property right uh disney wants nothing to do with it we're forcing them to to be a part of it we're kind of um, like that movie uh was it escape from tomorrow tomorrowland yeah that we're just like using their property without their permission. They're going to sue us, but we're still going to get distribution anyway. The thing is them suing us is giving us way more attention. They'll never learn. <laughs> then we would have got on our own. They will ah, never learn. Disney, will you never learn? Sue us. <laughs> please. But please, but please Why? don't sue us. Why we, won't you I don't sue think us? we'd be able to survive that. No, God, no. It would like destitute our entire families and communities. It's Disney. <laughs> That's true. They bury we just get, us. We just get absorbed like the Borg. <laughs> we have and assimilated. Some, and then somehow we would just live on Disney Plus from then on out. That's it'd it. Be like, like, it. It'd be like that episode of Black Mirror. Our consciousness would just be in Disney Plus. That's it. They're like, your punishment is you're going to curate Disney Plus forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would like subtly sneak high five episodes <laughs> into the curation but then whenever people clicked on it, be like this media cannot be played it's like disney ah, i just thought it'd be funny it's again. like uh, our life would literally be relegated to hi because you liked high school musical check out this episode of live and maddie <laughs> because you liked high school musical please check out high school musical too. <laughs> right like that's it we're like uh, we're sitting in that chair like Black Mirror with just the two buttons on either side, and we just get to like approve a suggestion <laughs> or decline a suggestion, but we have yeah. no way to communicate other than that. Where are the teddy bear? Yes, 
God. Oh, Q, we're in the teddy bear. How Damn, could you dude. do this to us, Marvel? <laughs> Disney. It's the same thing. <laughs> ah! Oh, man. S- speaking of which, we're not here to talk about Disney. We're not no. here to talk about Marvel. No. We're not here to talk about DC. No, not really. But what we are here to talk about is comic book adaptations. Right. So now, Q, wait a minute. You just confused me. If we're not talking about Marvel, and we're not talking about DC, and we're not talking about like these big universes, how can we talk about comic books? Aren't those the only <laughs> ones that exist? He said begrudgingly. Well, Jay, let me tell you. Fuck no, you're an idiot. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I don't really know how to... Come back from <laughs> Come that. Come back from that. Hooray! Thank uh, you. No, turns out they're not the only com- comic book uh, imprints. Turns out there's a plethora beyond the world of superheroes, my friend. So, like, when we're thinking and looking forward and we say to ourselves, hey, we have this comic property coming out. It would yes. be cool if it got adapted. But, oh, darn, it's not about a superhero, so it has no chance to ever be adapted. We would, we're wrong in that, right? Like, there is precedent for other things to be adapted from can, comics. Can, I'm going to throw you something here. You ready for this? Strap, yes. strap in. Hold on to your boots. They're holding. Uh, ever seen a little movie called Road to Perdition? Oh, yeah. I love the movie Road to Perdition. Well, uh, that is from a comic book, my friend. What, 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 what? Ready for this? Yes. You enjoy a little movie called uh, History of Violence? I do. I do. Yes, very much. That is also a comic book adaptation. What, what, what? Okay. Um, You get get the point. You got me, Q. I know about all these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for playing as the audience surrogate, though. No, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. No, yeah, when we wanted to talk about this, like, we really wanted to dive in, but... You know, we're not writing superheroes. We love the superhero movies. We're, by the way, uh, praise and claps and applause for Black Black Panther being the first comic book movie to take home that many Oscars. My goodness. For sure. Not the best night of the Oscars, but a good night for Black Panther. And it's the first Marvel movie to win an Oscar. Yes. So... Way, which is well which, done for them. Which is crazy because you got to think as as long as they've been doing special effects, you would think they would have won a special effects Oscar. I honestly, there was a couple years ago where I was extremely surprised when there was something. It was either one of the like the first Avengers movie or one of the follow up Avengers movies didn't win something for special effects or sound design, and I remember being legitimately surprised it's because crazy. I felt like it probably should have won that because those movies regardless of what you can say about them for their you know character development or dialogue or you know script they spend time making sure that their visuals look good oh 100 percent. i mean marvel <sighs> doesn't normally and i'm not gonna say they don't ever because there's definitely been some dodgy special effects in some of sure, the movies sure. but for the most part they're kind of a I mean they have the the force of industrial light and magic behind them. They have and they do, they do the, just have the force behind they them. They have they do. They have Disney's infinite pockets to pull from. Um and I will say in particular I watched uh Infinity War and I thought Infinity War had some fantastic special effects. Their Thanos looked Great. I, I agree, man. I'll, I'll back you on this one. I'm excited for Endgame. I'm not excited for any of the Endgame trailers that have come out. 
but I'm excited for Endgame as a movie. And man, Thanos looked real good. He does, man. Man, it's, Brolin got did that, a good like, job. He, I believed him as a character. I mean, he was good. He was good. That's just what I'll say. He's not like earth shattering. I mean, he was, but he he's just they did a good job with him because we've talked about it before. Marvel has a huge villain problem. They do, 100%. And, and so to give Thanos that level of depth was smart and well done. And, I mean, you can see it because they doubled down on their other villains. Like, the only one that's been super popular was Loki. And now he's getting his own show, and Hiddleston's coming back for it. Speaking of Disney+, Plus, if you yeah. liked... If you liked Avengers Infinity Wars, you'll Please love... watch High School Musical 2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it always goes back to Zac Efron somehow. Loki, uh, boot goofing around. That's yes. The... Loki. Is that the name of the show? Loki, <laughs> colon, boot goofing around. Yep. I love it. He's just oh. new boot goofing, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's... You a, ever, you ever watch amazing. Reno 911? Oh, yeah. I love Reno 911. Just new boot goofing. New, new boot goofing. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, for us, we – oh, one thing I did do uh, this week that I wanted to tell you about just because I want to talk about it again. Um, we rewatched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my gosh. The Holy best Spider-Man movie. Holy crap, is it good? It is so good. It is so good. Like, I don't know personally if I would err on the side of, like, the best Spider-Man movie. I know I would agree with people that say that, but the – I mean – the Raimi Doc Ock Spider-Man 2 is so good. It's so good. But this one is real close. I it's, don't know, man. I think I like this one better. It's that one and this one, one for me. It's that one and this one for me. Like, just kind of right up there with one and two. That's twos. fair. I think but, I'm suffering from Peter Parker fatigue. I think I would so totally be on to a, my, a, my, a more Miles Morales <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. Have you heard that there's a possible all-female spinoff from this movie? I have. Yep. So you're like, you know, Spider-Gwen and uh, Miko. Is it Spider-Woman? Yes. Oh, that would be cool. It's oh, going to be, be real cool. It's going to be dope. Uh, they would be insane if they didn't try to just pimp out this franchise as much as possible. Yes, but I hope they, I hope they do it in a restrained way. We got to remember, it's Sony. So Oh, they love like, doing restrained things. They yeah. never shoot, <laughs> overshoot. <laughs> um, hey, you remember when they made that Sinister Six movie? Totally remember when they were talking about doing that. Yeah. Oh, hey, do you remember when they uh, were going to make that huge shared universe? Spy Spider-Man was basically going to be the crux of their new s shared universe. You remember when that all came to fruition? Yes, and we all loved it and saw it, and there were many people attached to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so Sony has a long track record of never biting off more than they can chew. Exactly, and so f because of that track record, I don't want them to mess with this because it's a really good property. Hey, remember when we ended up with Venom? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, man. Did that, get <laughs> Did that win any awards? No? Great, moving on. Um, yeah, it so won. It, I'm sure it it could have won some Razzies. It might have. Sure. Did you speaking of the Razzies? Did you hear what the big winner at the Razzies was? John C. Riley. Yeah, like Watson and Holmes. Yes, was like the one that got lambasted. I haven't seen it. Did you ever get to see that one? No, man. Okay. I will say that upon watching the trailer, I made a vow that that was a movie I would never watch. Okay, nothing about it seemed even <sighs> remotely appealing to me. That's fine. Honestly, I'm usually on board to see anything that Farrell and John C. Riley do. 
So when I saw that was coming out, I was like, oh, well, that's a, a, a fun premise. I can get on board for that. Sure. Uh, but uh, the more I saw about it, though, I was like, I will wait for Redbox on this one. I'm going to ra- wait for Redbox. I will see it eventually, I'm sure. but For free somewhere. Uh, when yeah, it's for free somewhere. Um, I don't know, man. Oh, oh, what, oh I was going to say, since we're talking comics, uh, we shared this on our social. But what do you think about the death of the DCEU? Uh, I think it's like two years too late. There it is. Thank you. I've been mean. I've been needing to talk to someone that I know I, shares my opinions on. I this. don't know why it has taken them this long to, to realize what a bad idea that was right. or how poorly it's like, planned that was. It's like instead of just ending it and starting fresh, they just kept doubling down. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, guess what, guys." We know you didn't really like how dark Superman was in the Zack Snyder version. So what we're going to do is make it way darker and then add a weird Batman in it. <laughs> Does that and, sound oh, good? Wait, you didn't like that? I've got an idea. Justice League. <laughs> right. I feel like, oh, wait, you didn't love Justice League? I got an idea. I'm going to put another seven movies of the DCU in production right now. How about that? Hey, guys, I know that you've said that our character development isn't that great, that we don't cast the right people for villains, and that a lot of the plot devices seem really staged and contrived when you're trying to put together a story. But have we got a solution for you? We call it Suicide Squad. I was going to say, meet Jason Momoa. (laughs) May we introduce... Mr. Momoa. He is going to be playing all DCEU characters from here on out. Right. Momoa Batman. Momoa Superman. Momoa Wonder Woman. (laughs) That one looked amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Wonder Momoan. (laughs) That's it. Wonder Womomoan. Wonder Womomoan. I like that better. I like that better. Wonder Um, Wonder (laughs) Womomoan. No, the DCEU uh, sucks. Let's just yeah. let's just call it a spade a spade, my friend. Yeah, uh, it was a failed experiment. They weren't good. For, and for all just... its, by the way, for all sorry to interrupt, but for all its flaws, at least we can give credit to the Dark Universe where it's due. They they saw the death knell long before the DCEU. Did. For sure, and they're like, you know what, guys, we're sorry about Tom Cruise. We're out. Yeah, they they put out one movie and denied another one. <laughs> No, no, they put out one movie, Dracula Untold, and they were like, no, 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 Mulligan, Mulligan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, put out, they put out The Mummy and denied Dracula. Yeah. We're like, just, oh, that was never actually intended to be a part of this. They mulliganed Dracula Untold. It's like, no, no, that was just a movie like Dracula 2000. It right. wasn't. We just and, put that out. And by the way, we're doing this big with Tom Cruise. No, you're not. Exactly. And then they're no. like, all right, guys, we're just going to die. And we're like, cool. No, I'm really, I'm really glad that DCEU has pulled the plug. I really can, and I will say this, and I know we're not really talking about DC and and Marvel adaptations, but I do want to say, I am genuinely excited for a couple of the weird, non-connected to the DCEU projects that are happening right now. I am on board with uh, Matt Reeves' Batman. Oh man, the more that comes out about that, the more I get excited. I know, I'm excited, I'm ready for a fresh Batman, and I know most people are probably like, Dude, we've had like five Batmans in the past three years. Yeah. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Like, keep <laughs> giving me more Batmans. Let you, talk every- about, you talk about Batman the way that like some people talk about McDonald's specials. It's like, yeah, I know they've had like five special products this year, but I like them. It's McDonald's. I want it. I will always Give me that Batman. <laughs> Give me that Mc- McRib man. Give me uh, that McBat. Hey, 
Did you know, speaking of Batman, uh, a recent celebrity, and I use that term very loosely, has has thrown his hat very aggressively into campaigning to play Batman. Have you heard about this? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow? It's Joey Lawrence from Blossom. What? And, no. Yeah, oh, yes. Really? Check out his Instagram whenever oh, you get a chance. Okay. He has active he's posted pictures of himself as batman he's tagged matt reeves he's tagged warner brothers he's like i'm ready he posts videos of him working out and he's like trying to get into bat shape he uh he started his own petition and asked his fans to sign it for him to be considered as the new batman this it really feels like you're lying to i me. am not this is the world we live in my friend i that's so it's like someone in high school starting a petition to have their nickname changed to the bat. Right. It's like, oh Joey. You can't no. do that. No. Like we have to give you that. Right. Like we have to want that for you. Right. You just can't want that enough for everyone. Right, exactly. That's so funny. It, I wonder, isn't his younger brother in the new kids on the block? No, 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 I, no, no, no. No, no. You're no, thinking no. of Wahlberg. I am thinking of, but there's also another McIntyre. It was McIntyre. Oh yeah, no, this That's is this is Joey Lawrence from Blossom. His little yeah. brother was on uh, Boy, Meets, Boy Meets, World. Meets World. Yeah, yep. And then yeah. the other little brother was the voice of the main character from Recess. Yeah, yeah. and then no, they no. had that. Do you remember that one show that they had for a while? There was all brother, three of them. Brotherly yeah. love. Brotherly love with all three Lawrences. I do yep. remember that one. Well, who um, would have ever thought that Joey Lawrence would be Batman? You know no what? One. I I would no. <laughs> Turns out nobody. No Turns out I still don't believe it. <laughs> Turns out no one still does. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, thank you so much fans. We got up to 300 signatures." <laughs> That's not even enough to run for alderman. <laughs> I'm like, "Yep, that'll get you the Batman yeah. consideration yeah. for show." And when As we a- get That'll ba- barely get you the title of county treasurer. Listen, it won't get you the title of Batman. Here's here's the deal. Since Joey Lawrence is doing it, if he can do it, I can do it. Q for Batman. Yeah. All right. Hasht- I'm doing it. Hashtag Q for Batman. And I want to see my cartoon face photoshopped onto Batman photos. Stat. Okay. Done. Q for Batman. Q for Batman. Let's get Matt Reeves thinking about this. Let's get let's Matt get, Reeves on board. He, let's he get Warner this. Brothers, you know, or even better, Q and J for Batman. We'll play them together. Awesome. Scene for scene by scene, like you one scene, me the next scene. Yes. Or okay. you're Bruce Wayne, I'm Batman. I love it. See that that adds to the mystery even more. Exactly. Because it's like it can't be the same guy because it's not the same guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, That's I'm just what Bruce the... I'm just Bruce Wayne and you just live in the basement as Batman. As Batman. That's the change that we're bringing to the Batman universe is that Bruce Wayne and Batman aren't the are same. Are separate people. Yeah. But they're like best friends. They are. So they're, they're just, just like, like you know a unit, right? They just work together. <laughs> they do. Yep. Oh, that's man. it. You're welcome, DCEU. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> DC I am universe. loving this idea. Now, I will say, in all seriousness, I do want to see Shazam. I think Shazam's gonna be like the plan that they yeah. have for DCEU to be like. We're just gonna focus on like the one-offs that come out of our you know catalog so yeah. the joker movies and the birds of prey I, and that's what i was gonna say i really want to see the joker i got tricked q i have to tell you i have to be honest show okay. code i got tricked the other day Bye. i got an, a, an alert on my phone and it says from youtube recommended video 
check out the new Joaquin Phoenix Joker trailer. Oh. And I was like, yes, I want to see this. So I clicked in, and I'm watching it, and it's actually pretty intense for the first, like, 15 seconds. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think this is from the master. Yep. And then I was, and then it got a little bit further in, and I was like, I know this is from the master. <laughs> and so when it was like a fan concept trailer, oh, and they had sucks. they had pulled like little bitty intense clips from all of his movies. <coughs> and I got about halfway through it, and I was like, Oh, I'm so mad at myself. No, that it, sucks. It was like my, it was like when I fell and believed that Henry Winkler was dead when he's really never dead. <laughs> hey. Weird uh, question, though. Do you think it's odd that we haven't gotten a trailer for the Joker yet? That movie comes out in October. You know, I was wondering about... I I, I feel like we should at least get some more concepts. I Here's my pr- prediction, Q. That movie's not coming out in October. You don't think so? You think it's I getting just pushed? I just don't think it's going to happen. Who else is in it besides Joaquin Phoenix? Like Zazzy Beats. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. <sighs> See, I just... I didn't even remember like a full cast list announcement. Yeah, I, there's no concept images except for that one that they've teased. I just feel like we don't have enough. I don't I'm, think that movie's coming out. I feel like this is that whole. Remember when the X Men universe was going to make a horror movie? Oh, the New Mutants. Yeah, I they know that's did, still coming out. They did make that movie. The problem is, uh, Disney bought Fox. I know. And, and uh, then they're changing things around. But I still feel like it's in the same vein of, yeah, they're making that movie, but I don't know when we're going to sp- see it. Speaking of which, I heard a rumor that uh, they're talking about maybe dropping New Mutants straight to Hulu. I heard that, too. I'm curious to see if they do that. Um, I also heard that Disney is positioning Hulu to be its distributor for its adult content under the Fox label. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, I did hear, you know, I watched the interview with, Oh, I forget who it was that was talking about it, but he was saying that don't worry, you know, we're keeping the R rated things R rated. Yep. You know, we're and the way they're we're doing Disney that is just is using the Fox that. brand. They're yeah. not getting rid of Fox. It's gonna stay Fox. Mm-hmm. And Fox will be their distribution channel for their adult oriented properties. I mean, the thing is that kind of makes sense. I know that you and I, this is kind of before our time, but if you remember, at least I remember when I was growing up. Fox was like the lascivious network. You oh, know? for you sure. You had like the Married with Childrens and the Duckbergs. Yeah. Or, and you the, know, all when that animals stuff. attack seven. Yes. All Yeah. Also, all of that stuff was kind of like, oh, if you want the adult stuff. Like Fox was Spike TV before Spike TV was. For sure. 100%. And so I, I, I accept them going in that direction. I agree. I think that's a smart move on Disney's part. Disney has a pretty strict code of what, of what they can put out. Are you aware of the whole non-smoking code? Um, possibly. I don't know if I've ever heard there can it be referred to as no such. smoking in any Disney film, any oh, Disney right. branded film. And that's where Don Bluth saw an opportunity, and he was like, "I can do. I can take that. I'm going to make all the smoking cartoons. <laughs> I, all my characters are going to smoke. I don't know if that's how Don Bluth sounds, but everybody smokes in All Dogs Go to Heaven." It's an American tale. Fievel gets high. We're renaming it All Dogs Get Emphysema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything to follow. I don't have one back. That's great. Perfect. All Dogs Get Emphysema. (laughs) That is the new name. Uh, I'm going to. Okay. I'm writing that down. That's 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 literally what happens in that movie. There is so much smoke. There's so much smoking. 
Oh, I'm going to make a fake poster for all dogs get emphysema. <laughs> Please. That That's sounds awesome. Amazing. Um, oh, Lord. They called so that been... one. Go ahead. I was... No, no. You go. You go. I was just going to say they they called that. I'm doubling down on that joke. They, <laughs> I love it. They called the one dog. The bad guy was Carface. He might as well have been Cigarface. <laughs> he was holding a cigar the whole time. The entire movie. Yeah. I wish I hadn't interrupted your flow. That would have been better right okay. at the end of that last thing. I interrupted you. It's okay. Um, I don't mind. But, I'm uh, used to it. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I'm just kidding. You are. You are. Uh, what I was saying, though, is we've been circling the topic you know, of comics. We've been talking a lot about yes. superheroes. But yep. for our purposes today, while it's so much fun to talk about superheroes and to talk about Captain Marvel and Joker and Birds of Prey. Sure. What we wanted to talk about today, though, are the ones outside of the Marvel and DC "Quote unquote universes that we're all familiar with." Sure, um, you know we're talking about our you know Kingsmans and Sandman, Lock and Key from Hell, Snowpiercers, like those types of things. Can I throw one out? Alita, Battle Angel. Okay, so you yeah you had seen that one. I did not know that was from a comic, although yep. it feels very much like it is and should have. Well, been. I believe technically we might get hate mail for calling it a comic. I believe it is known as a manga. Oh, oh, it's uh, it is okay. So, Which you know, n- nerds like you and I would be like, it's not a comic book, it's a manga. But for our listeners out there, do you want to explain to them the difference? So yeah, a manga, from what I understand, is a Asian comic. <laughs> okay. Good. I wanted to put you on the spot there because I kind of don't know what the difference is. You ready for this? Here's I think the, it, ha- here, it has to do with here, length. Well, here's the Wikipedia description. You ready? Oh, okay, yes. Let's do Manga it. are comics or graphic novels created in Japan. Oh, well, there you go. So I wasn't wrong when I said it's an Asian comic. You were 100% right. <laughs> the thing about the way the thing I like most about what you just said, Q, is that you started it what I would consider is how like eighth graders nowadays start uh, book reviews or book reports. Sure. It's like, Wikipedia defines manga <laughs> as a graphic novel or comic created in Japan. I did my book report on on old boy. B- book report done. <laughs> I copy and pasted from Wikipedia. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, interesting. So I always imagined it had something to do with length because the mangas are usually a lot longer. I mean, I know you read them you know, backwards, that's part of it. Um, but they're usually a lot longer than I would consider, like, standard graphic novels, comic books. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure that we could talk about them because one of my favorite adaptations is technically from a manga, Scott okay. Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. I freaking love that movie. But, now, wait I a will minute. say that I... Is that I, considered I, a manga? Because it's not made in Japan. I thought it was. No, 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 Man, no. It's, I, that's I'm a Canadian just, one, my friend. I'm just all all sorts of caterwonky today. Uh, no, you're not caterwonky. I think this is an important subject to discuss because I think well, people need to understand the differences. We need to understand the differences. I don't apparently. understand the differences. Yeah. Uh, it's a Canadian series of graphic novels. Yeah. I just thought, is is it considered? But the, although there's a lot of conversations online, it does say uh, whether it, it or is, not it's considered one. It does say that the art style 
is that of a manga. Okay. So I wasn't crazy to make you, that No, not at all. Not at all. But I do love that movie. That is uh, a fantastic movie. Edgar Wright. Oh man. One, I I don't I don't want to say one of his best, but one of my favorites by him. Oh, by far. For sure. <coughs> um, Although I know that that one's very divisive. Like that one is one and I think it's a good place to start or kind of really dive into our conversation here because I love it. I know you really love it, but it seems to be very device. People either love it or they hate it. I don't know people who are just kind of like, yeah, that was pretty good. They either love it or totally did not get it. Totally. So in your mind, Q, what does it take to adapt a comic that's not a superhero origin story that doesn't follow a formula that we're used to? What does it take to adapt that well? Well, I think you've got a couple of angles that you can approach it from in the sense of your road to perditions or your history of violence. You basically take what started out as a comic book and you make it as a straightforward drama or thriller. No ties visually to a comic book whatsoever. You can have beautiful establishing shots, but that's about it. You've got no like fun, funky panel transitions or right. nothing denoting that it was a comic book. Um, but I think a lot of it comes from the source material. You know, I particularly knew, and I know you knew, that The Crow was a comic book before yes. being adapted into a, a horror thriller, I guess is what it would be considered. Um, but a lot of people wouldn't know that. A lot of casual viewers would just see, oh, The Crow, that's a good movie. You right. know what I mean? That's like, a horror I know movie. That, I know that movie. Not really understanding. So you can either, I guess, step away from the comic origins mm. or you can embrace the feeling of a comic book. Those are really the two ways that you can adapt a comic book. I think. Interesting. Okay. So let me, I would say Scott Pilgrim embraced it. I, I would agree. Scott Pilgrim embraced the entire, not just the comic, but the whole genre, like, right? With coins and lives and like everything. They, they, they just really, but a lot of that is that from culture. the comic book as well. Yeah. So but, they, they went, 100% in. But you've also got stuff like that with Sin City. Mm -hmm. Sin, Sin City is very comic-y. Embrace the comic book. You know what I mean? They really yeah. they really went for that kind of feel. 300. Zack Snyder did it with 300. Yeah. Very similar. It feels very comic booky. Instead of doing a historical bio, or I mean a historical drama, they right. turned it into a very stylized comic book movie man i remember really liking 300 when it came out i'm afraid to go back and watch it again because i fear it won't hold up uh but i really liked it when it I, came out and i will say this uh, 300 was probably a movie of its time really i, I, I mean i'm not disagreeing with you i'm gonna guess that yes it is probably one of those movies that may feel a little cringy watching it now yeah man Zack snyder Makes some questionable choices sometimes he, in his sometimes? movies. Sometimes? Oh, a lot of times, As man. much flack as uh, Top Gun got for the volleyball scene. Right. And Tony Scott got. I feel like that is the entirety of 300. That is all. That's all. That's the entirety of Zack Snyder for the most part. I know. It's real weird. He just, like, like oils everyone up, men and women. And Zack just, Snyder like, saw Top Gun and saw that volleyball scene as, like, that. That's what that's, I'm doing. That's everything. That's that's my career. That's it. I this see one. it right I'm here. I'm going to expand this out 
into a full-blown career. <laughs> That's my thing. Oh man. I mean, but to your point, there are a lot of there are a lot of adaptations that do fully embrace, you know, the the comicness of their stories. I would, you know, um, Watchmen sort of does that. I know that's DC technically, but I think we can still yeah. kind of throw it in. Yeah, um, because I would say it, now they've married it. I think they had like a Superman, Watchmen crossover comic uh, book oh, yeah, series yeah. now. I do um, think that exists. But for a for a long period of time, it stood on its own within DC as kind of like the bastard superhero child. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. not connected. They were like, uh, that is not really part of our universe. Well, and in all fairness. That's kind of the point of that con- exactly. It or was that graphic novel. It so. was lampooning. Yeah, it was taking the stand of we're not that right, but we're really good. It was really I'm gonna, good. So I'm favorites. gonna give you a different angle to view these kind of stories through. Yeah, and so I loved that that existed, and so that's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm really excited about the HBO show. I hope. I hope it's good. I don't know that it will be. I don't know. It, I don't. I can't guarantee. But man, I hope. But speaking of oh yeah. uh, adaptations from other countries, what did you think of the Asian adaptation of the <laughs> French comic book Snowpiercer? I love Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer was one of those when it came out. I was excited at, at the concept of it being ad- ad- adapted. That was one that I haven't read. And purposely have not gone back to read just because I think they did so good with the movie. So um, you're like, I don't even need, I love the movie. I don't need to change my, my thoughts on it, basically. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that may not be the right stance to take, but I mean, Jun Hobong was, it did so good with it. So good with it. I love like everything about Snowpiercer. I love, I wouldn't want to see Tilda Swinton's character in any other way, you know, I, I sure. wouldn't want the pacing to be changed. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe there's a whole wealth of information and, and story and benefit that I would get from reading that comic. But when I saw that movie, I was like, great, this is what I want. I'm done. I now, love did it. You, did you know that they were talking about doing an adaptation into a television series? Of this I did hear about that. Isn't that still happening? I don't know if it is or not. I do know for a while, uh, David Diggs of Hamilton fame, right, um, was tapped to kind of take on the Chris Evans role. Yeah, I had heard that. I, I just don't know. Um, but what? How about that? What about an an adaptation of an adaptation? <laughs> I mean, at this point in the world we live in, it wouldn't be the biggest shock to me. I mean, this is we're also living in the year where we're talking about two different child's play properties, one hitting the movies and one hitting television in the, like at the, in, within 12 months of each other. Sure. So, I mean, we kind of live in a world where adaptations of adaptations of adaptations just are a thing. We're living in an adaptception? Yeah, we kind of are. I mean... Okay, well, let's use Death Note. That's a very good example. Totally. Netflix adapted a movie that was already in existence from Japan that was the adaptation of a very popular manga. Yeah. And they made it worse. <laughs> they, did, they did make It's kind of the telephone game. <coughs> like, each time that the person, like, retells yeah. the story, it just gets a little bit shittier. I mean, and it's kind of the same thing. I know that's not a manga. It's not a comic. But, I mean, Rear Window, they did it with Suburbia. That's or, true. Or, was it Suburbia? What was the name yeah, of it? Yeah, okay. that was it. Suburbia. 
Again, I'm not saying that that movie's trash. Or no, Disturbia. That's it, Disturbia. I knew Suburbia wasn't right. Disturbia. Um, Like, I'm not saying that movie's terrible, but what I'm saying is it's an adaptation of an adaptation. (laughs) I was hoping you would say is, I'm not saying that movie's terrible, but what I am saying is Shia LaBeouf's in it. Yeah. (laughs) 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 That that is the quote of the year for any movie. It's like... uh, so and Roger Ebert says this movie's not. I'm not saying this movie's terrible, but I am saying Shia LaBeouf's in it. <laughs> That's so mean and funny. <laughs> it's so mean and funny. Um, oh man. So did you? Speaking of which, of just like random adaptations, I know we're kind of bouncing all over here. Um, this is not comic book related, but did you hear that Paramount recently dropped the "Are You Afraid of the Dark" movie adaptation from its release schedule? No. So what? are you are you afraid of the that. dark? Scripted by our beloved Gary Dauberman of It fame. Yep. And directed by Disturbia's DJ Caruso. Oh yeah. Um yeah, it was scheduled for an October release and now has been completely removed from their release schedule. Well, that's sort of a bummer. I wonder if they saw how it was going to compete with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and got scared. That's bad that that's a uh, a joke in itself. That's really funny. Um well, what could be true? What's even weirder is, you know, Paramount and Nickelodeon have like a close relationship. Yeah. Paramount's always been the distributor because they're Viacom. They're both Viacom properties. Right. Um, but Nickelodeon had announced that there would be a Are You Afraid of the Dark miniseries airing in October to coincide with the release of I the film. I had read something about that. Yeah, so now people sure. are like. What the hell is going to happen? So does that mean the miniseries isn't happening either? Like, were we just getting I no... Know. I want I want more Are You Afraid of the Dark? Man, I want Forrest Whitaker to do a cameo. I will say, I will I need... say I was super excited after reading Gary Dauberman's, like, take on mm-hmm. it and saying that he personally felt that we soft-edge kids' movies too much nowadays. Oh, yeah. And that he wanted to make an actually scary children's movie. I love that. Well, because that's what... Didn't you tell me that was the advice that somebody gave Eli Roth when he did The House with the Clock on yeah. the Walls? He yep. was like, make it a scary kids movie, and you were like, I eh, didn't really do that. He, and he didn't. Yeah. There were scenes that could have been scary, but for the most part, it was like a slapstick Nickelodeon movie. Right. But that's what has me excited about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It genuinely... Yeah looks scary like they did not they did not put on corner protectors you know what i'm saying like they they're they're giving it to kids and it may damage and scar this it may be a movie like for us that when we grow up like the witches or the secret of nim and we're like that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid yeah Yeah. which i want i want to scar my children is what i'm saying i need to scar my kids i need movies that will do it i need uh, artistic part because I can't be going back to the well for all the movies that scared me. They That's need to I'm be saying. scared by their own stuff. That's right. I and I'm very, I'm very open to that. I um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so in regards to comic book adaptations, um, I know we touched on From Hell. I will admittedly say that when I watched From Hell, I n- did not realize that that was a graphic novel adaptation. Neither did I actually. I, I didn't find remember... that out until years later. Did you like From Hell? Let me ask that. Um, y- yes. That's my there, feeling on it. There yeah, you don't have things, to go any further. <laughs> there are things I like yeah. in From Hell. And there are many things that don't work. That do not work. Correct. Heather Graham is one of them. Yes. Don't think she really works. But, okay, to your point, yes. 
I felt the same way about From Hell. I wanted so bad to like it. I love the Victorian area. I love the the Jack the Ripper storyline. I love sure. John, I love detective you know comics. I love Johnny Depp. Well, I loved Johnny Depp yeah. at the time. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah. No, I want to be clear about that. Uh, <laughs> and so it, when it was coming out, I was like, oh good, I'm totally gonna see this. And I watched it, and I walked out, and I was like, wow, I totally watched that movie. Right. And that was kind of like where I stood with it. Um, but to your point, I also at that point didn't know that it was a comic. I like ones like that. You had mentioned Road to Perdition earlier. The yeah. ones that don't feel like comic adaptations, but when you really think about them, it makes sense that they are. You know, sure. Like the the Rocketeer is another one that I would say falls into that category for me. Oh, I I will one hundred percent agree. Can I also throw out a movie that I love that is a comic book adaptation? Uh, Dread, specifically the Carl Urban Judge Dread. You mean the only good one, the yes. only watchable one? Let me put it that way. I really really like Dread, and that is an interesting world that they set up, and that yeah. comic book posits a very interesting universe. It does. I mean, I enjoyed you know Cersei Lannister. Um, I enjoy. I definitely like Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. Sure, that I w- am very one, much, am very on much with. on board on. Um, so, but yeah, like that one, Judge Dredd though is one of those where, for me, I've always known that it's a comic book, so it's hard to separate that movie from. Oh well, this is a comic book adaptation, but it was done extremely well, and I do want more from that world for sure. Sure. Um, but like even there's some other ones like Ghost World. No one yeah. would think that Ghost World would be a comic adaptation. Sure. But it totally is. 100%. Um, some early – it's er, that's early Scarlett Johansson, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, some good old early Scar Joe. Um, old Boy, I mean, that whole series I mentioned earlier, that, those are adaptations, which I love. For um, sure. You said you've watched Umbrella Academy, right? Yes. Where do you stand on it? We haven't started that yet. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I genuinely did. I enjoyed the show a lot. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a interest. I mean, it doesn't do anything like shockingly sure. new. How's Ellen know? Page? Um, honestly, she is for me the weakest part of the really? show. Really? Well, this yeah. is her like second uh, ensemble. We all have superpowers movie. So. Can I be honest? It sh- her casting feels weird. Really? Um. Yeah. And what's weird is I don't even know – I didn't know the source material. I didn't – the comic book was created by Gerard Way of My right. Chemical Romance, which is crazy. Super fun. I love that. Um, but – and so I never – I admittedly have never read any of the of the comic series. Neither have uh, I. So I had nothing to base any of these characters off of. But I will say that sh- her, her – she felt like Ellen Page – in this movie, if that, gotcha. I mean, in this show, if that makes sense. She was just like, she was pulling a Michael Sarah, Just like a plucky younger kid? No, not plucky. Oh. Um, kind of a boring, staunch, plain Jane. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know, this is going to sound weird. Have you ever seen Ellen Page, like, outside of acting like watched any of her like yeah i've seen i've seen some of her in interviews i thought you meant like the characters that she's known for playing like no. juno no like the it's plucky like, kids no it's just like her 
Uh, I've Which seen is, her. She's very she, intense. She's and that's what this character felt like. Maybe that's yeah. what I was trying just to just like straightforward and intense. Yes. And it she, was weird. She's really double downing on her character from Flatliners, which was not very good. And that's kind of what I feel like. I feel like she has maybe now entered into, because I saw that as well, I feel like she's maybe entered into this realm where she's no longer playing characters. Yeah, I don't know. She I, just is kind of showing up and doing a her thing. job. Yeah. Like, I also feel like... <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. You know how I made the statement that Jason Momoa... Like there was no preparation. There right. was no wardrobe department. They were like, just show just up on up. set, yeah. whatever you're wearing that day. I feel like that's what they did for Ellen page on the umbrella. Academy. Really? Like all of it. And her style looks like she just woke up and came to work. I mean, given the fact that she's the biggest name on that show, maybe, maybe, maybe she's now, like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And they're like, all I, right, I will say the, re- the rest of the characters and actors, fantastic job yeah and can i point out i did not realize at all until well after i had watched the entire series that their father figure reginald hargreaves this old man okay. is played by colm fior really and I, mean, I haven't seen it so i didn't know no idea that that was him like really zero idea because of the makeup and the wigs and the accent that he speaks with. I had zero, zero idea that that was him. And really? I love that. I, I mean, I love when a person can disappear into a role. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was so odd that I just didn't even, I didn't, it didn't even register to me. And you know who he well, is, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like him. He's a good character actor. He was in The Borgias, which Amanda really liked. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just – I've got, like – I'm kind of going through. We've talked on about 300 – oh, we can't not talk about, like, Hellboy. Oh, for sure. They're Hellboy even, is one of my They dropped favorite. a new trailer this week for the What did you think of the red, the red Band trailer? It's – I don't know. It was better than the first trailer, I guess. It's, it looks like they're they're double downing on the batshitness. I just of, don't. Of I can one. honestly say I don't know what the tone of this movie is supposed to be. Yeah, it looks like it's supposed to be silly and gory. Right, but they're saying like in interviews with the director, and I forget his name now, but it's the guy who did um, who did uh, <coughs> uh, the the spelunking movie with like the crazy cre- the descent. The oh okay. Um, Neil something. Um, um, Neil Marshall. Yes. So, in interviews, he has said that this is his version of Hellboy is a dark, scary, horror esque version of Hellboy. I remember him saying that. But the trailers that I watch feel like they are still desperately clinging to a very Guillermo del Toro vibe. Yes. Can I be completely honest about one other aspect that relates to that with these sure. movies? Is when they said they were rebooting it, uh, at first I was a little resistant to it because I love the Guillermo versions. I think sure. the Golden Army and the first Hellboy I think are are wonderfully done. Absolutely. Ron agreed. Perlman was uh, a golden nugget cast idea. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, I you know I loved Tambor in his role. 
Um, I loved everybody actually in, in the, in those films. I thought, you know, every, even Doug Jones, I thought Doug Jones was killing it sure. um, before he left to have sex in another Guillermo del Toro movie as right. the same character as the um, same character. But when they were rebooting it, I was like, oh, well, I was first, first resistant. And then they signed David Harbour and I was like, okay, I really like David Harbour. Let's see where this goes. And then they're like, oh, it's going to be darker and scarier. And I was like, okay, I can get on board for this. And then I saw the first trailer and thought it was Ron Perlman. For sure. That was my thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why Did are they just use exactly the same? Why would you do that? Yeah. They're, I mean, and on, David Harbour is such a good actor that they could have made it his that own character. And I know Hellboy's drawn in a certain way. The sure. character is written in a certain way in the comics. But if you have a character actor as good as David Harbour, you can work with him to make it a unique version of not how close can we get to Perlman. And that's that's what I think threw me off and first put distaste in my mouth for the movie was because they were like, this is this is a whole new Hellboy. And then they released that first picture even of him. Yeah. And I was like, I actually had to think, wait, is this an old picture of Ron yep. Perlman as Hellboy? Like, I didn't understand why they would go with the exact same makeup. Like, I, even change a little bit. Yeah. Maybe change the build of Hellboy. Like, do something, but it literally looks like they l- used Ron Perlman's leftover prosthetics yeah. from Hellboy and just put them on David Harbour. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm sure David Harbour will do fine. I'm sure when even when I watch the trailer, I see it as this is a fun. He's having fun. He's quirky. He's violent. He's what Hellboy should be. But it's why didn't Guillermo just direct it and we tell it with Ron Perlman? Like they had a, a Hellboy three. In the can, like ready to go. For Why sure. didn't we just use that? I don't For know. Sure. I'll can see I... it. I'll want to see it. I'll enjoy it. I'm sure. But the first two were such good adaptations of that comic that I don't know the purpose of this one. Um, can I can I say something too? Um, and I this kind of ties into Hellboy. <coughs> I recently found out, thanks to the, some news articles, and I understand this is a very private thing. I had zero idea that Selma Blair has MS. I didn't know that until the Oscars when she came with a cane. Yes. And they were talking about it. And then I watched an interview with her where she was speaking through a flare-up. Yeah. And almost couldn't couldn't talk. Yeah. And can I just say a bravo for that, for her. Yeah. That's amazing. And the fact that she... I I know well, people. Oh, hold on, let me clarify. It, it sounds like you said it's amazing that she has MS and that it was flaring. No, up. of she course She is not. amazing for being as brave as she is and to strong be in public. Yes, because I work, know like, I personally know people with MS. Oh, me too. I grew up with family friends who had it, and so I know very much so how incredibly difficult that is. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was beautiful and brilliant that she came out and that she did that interview. Um, but I I have to ask, do you think that that is potentially something now that we are aware of that that backburnered the production of that movie? Considering her character of Liz is such a integral figure to completing that Hellboy storyline, do you think that that was something that maybe backburnered it and they didn't want to talk about publicly? 
Maybe, or maybe you know, maybe they did her the grace of saying that's what I'm saying. We won't talk about this publicly if you don't Exa- want us to. Exactly. And maybe you know what? Maybe I'm because not, I have no for idea. the longest be... time I just figured the studio was being weird and yeah. stupid. I mean, you've got Guillermo, who at this point is Oscar winning. I mean, one of the biggest directors around clout wise. Yeah. You have two very financially successful movies. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like a no-brainer that a third one would get made. <coughs> yeah, and no, I it's agree. N- and it's not like Ron Perlman's schedule keeps him from being able to do it. Right, like, you know, he got killed. I love on- Ron Perlman, don't get me wrong. He got killed on Sons of Anarchy years ago, though. Right, like... And but- his Amazon show is not that great. Is is it still going? That Hand of God show? No. Oh, okay. No, it is not. Okay. Um. So yeah, I I don't know why that maybe. really had nothing to do with anything. I was just curious because that made a little more sense to me. The thing is, maybe, maybe they didn't want to have like a whole uh, Michael J. Fox Spin City situation on their hands, where they try right. to like recast it or or do go a different. Maybe they were just like, "All right, we're a family. You can't do this. The rest of us don't feel good about doing this without you." Right? Maybe, maybe and it was that. that. Maybe it wasn't, but maybe it was. And if it was that. Big hug to everybody who supported her in that way. Absolutely, and that's kind of what I'm saying. If that yeah. if that was the case, then kudos to the studio, and I will give you my dollars for yeah. this new Hellboy movie. I mean, I'll I'll go see it. Like I said, I like David Harbor. I like people attached to it. I like um, Ian McShane, who's in it. I love Ian McShane. So I'll see it. It looks fun. And the new, uh, I like how much more violent they're going with it than Guillermo did. So I hope that that's fun. It has Hellboy riding a devil dragon. Like, that's sure. cool. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'll see can it. I, that's, that's where we end. I see can, it. Can I give one critique about David Harbour's makeup? Please, please do. That is slightly different from the Ron Perlman makeup, and it bothers me. Ron Perlman's <coughs> mouth is uh, – he has a large, naturally large mouth with large lips. He does. And his face fits within the makeup. Yes. David Harbour has a normal human-sized mouth. And Hellboy's mouth is larger than normal. And so during the trailer, I could not stop watching his mouth and the very, very evident makeup lines that are around his mouth that are not moving when he's speaking. Yes. And it looks so clearly like he is wearing makeup that it totally pulled me out of it. Uh, you know what? I, I'm with you on that one. Like, honestly, they needed to hire whoever did the makeup for Tilda Swinton and Suspiria. Like, that that shit was good. So, like, make get someone who can make David Harbour's mouth work. Right. It was weird. I don't yeah. know. So, anyway, that's that. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring up two more. I want to bring up a really good one and a really, well, I love it, but it's not critically acclaimed. Um, so the one that is also one for, I would imagine a lot of people may not know, uh, it's comic origins is Jim Carrey's the mask. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Love Jim Carrey is the mask. Um, for sure. as an adaptation of that, you know, who knows? I don't know sure. how, how, how accurate it is. Um, but the other one, the one that's a very good film it, and I love the way they handle the comic adaptation is American Splendor. Oh yes. With Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti. Yep. My that's a, goodness. It's actually about the the artist who wrote Ghost World. 
Yeah. And but I love the way you're right. That's a great connection. I love the way that that movie American Splendor goes back and forth between like here's an adaptation of the comic series that he writes about himself mm-hmm. and here's himself writing that comic series and then here's a movie about all of it. And like Giamatti kills it in that movie. I 100% agree. Absolutely. And that's one I would think a lot of people a lot of people would know it's about comics, but without the backstory, I don't know if they know it's about a specific one. Unless they're sure. familiar with American Splendor. Um no, totally. Um so What about Oh, did you ever finish Happy? I did. The first what did, season? What did you think? It's fucking great. It really is, isn't it? It oh was my great. goodness, Pat and I feel like really there was not genuine Oh, and Christopher Maloney, are you kidding me? Man. Comic, that dude comic wonder but i will say i was shocked with how little i heard about that series you know it was like it, like, it was on fx right is that what no it was? that's what's even crazier it was sci-fi channel <laughs> that's it that's why i think it got overlooked is that everyone just assumed it wasn't gonna be good they were like oh it's on sci-fi this is gonna suck but it didn't well, you know, speaking of shows that are on sci-fi that people may be assuming are going to suck, Deadly Class is a new one. You know, so many people have told me about that. I now, have not seen it. That but one's so produced people, by the Russo brothers. So many people tell me I have to watch that. But it is also an adaptation of a graphic novel called Deadly Class. Have you seen any of it? I did. I watched the first two episodes. What'd you think? Um, it's good. It's, it's, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. It takes place in the 80s, so right. it has a cool, like, 80s soundtrack. Right. Um, and it's a, basically a school for assassins. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, so it's like, not like, what was that um, Japanese It's like Kingsman. Movie? It's like Kingsman if oh. Eggsy went to school to just be an assassin. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it's not like, I w- when I was first seeing uh, teasers for it, I thought it was like that... Um, Oh crap! What's that Japanese movie about the school that like kill? They all kill each other. Crap. Oh, a uh, battle royale. Thank you, man. I was blanking hard on that one. I thought it was going to be a a television version of that scenario. No, and I did too. But no, it's not. It's actually a homeless kid gets recruited by a secret academy for the deadly arts. Um, but it's even weirder because it definitely. I didn't even draw this parallel. But speaking of Kingsman. He is recruited into a group called King's Dominion. Oh, nice. That sounds like Kingsman to me. Kingsman Dominion. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think of Kingsman, by the way, the adaptation to that? Uh, I love the first one. The second one I did not care for. That is my exact review of both of those. (laughs) Yep. The first one when that lady cuts the dude in half at the very beginning with her foot, yep. and I was like, I'm in, I'm on board for this. I will say that maybe it has the first one has the best use of Freebird in a movie I have I, ever seen. I will agree. I will agree with that. Um, that I, church melee scene is fucking amazing. The thing is, that whole church scene, and even the way that it, you know, where it ends with uh, Samuel L. Jackson at the, on the out, outside of it, all of it was just perfect. And honestly, I think part of the reason the second one bothers me so much is that he should not have come back from the dead. I agree. Like, that should have been a lasting death because it was impactful, it was meaningful, and it mattered. I also feel like, um, what's her name? I can't even think of the, the villain in the second movie. Oh, um, uh, Juliana, Julianne Moore? Yes. 
she is not a Samuel L. Jackson. Like she's not. Uh, like, and I get what she's not a cartoon enough. But yeah, it's just you know the way that the second one bothered me because it started off by killing the rest of the cast of the first one that I liked except for um, Q, basically the Q of the movie. Yeah. And then, like, they killed his girlfriend, they killed his other classmates, they killed all the other, you know, leaders, and then they brought the dude back. Right. And it was both of those moves. I was like, ah, nope, too much. Yeah, it's too far. You backtracked. You've tried to say that this is a lasting thing with the death of all of these people to make the first act very impactful, and then at the beginning of the second act, you're going to bring, you're going to reverse the death that was impactful in the first one? No. Right. No, thank you, Kingsman the Golden Circle. Yep. And now they're doing, like, I think there's, like, three more Kingsman movies happening. Um, I'm sure. And the thing is, you know, like, Taron, or is it, um, is it Taron? Who's the leader? Lead oh, Taron Edgerton. Taron Edgerton. I like him. I think yeah. he's good in them. Like, those movies are fun. They know what they want to be. I just don't know if they work the way. The second one doubles down on all the aspects of the first one that I didn't need them to double down on. I, I totally agree with that. Now, I will <laughs> say Matthew Vaughn, the director of that movie, great director, has oh, yeah. a history of doing another property. He did uh, Kick-Ass. Which, again, same exact story for Kick-Ass. The first one is incredible. Did not care for the second one. Nope. Second one just felt like, once again, like you said, they kind of doubled down on all of the things that I did not mm. need doubled down on yeah. from the first one. Yeah, exactly. And and they pull weird punches from the comic. Like, that's one that I have read the comics on. Right. And the punches they pull are so weird. Like, they pull some punches and don't pull others, and it, it, it gives it a weird balance and tone. Sure. Um, and I just don't know if I buy Jim Carrey as the Nick Cage stand-in. Nope. And, and that's what I was going to say, too. You can't beat out Nick Cage's Big Man. Daddy in the first one. Well, that was his uh, pre-Spider-Noir. So, and you know what? That was one of the first movies I think I remember him like taking note again and being like, hmm, you know what? Maybe he's not terrible. Hey, maybe maybe you do know what you're doing there, Nicky Nick. Yeah, um, it was weird. But that's a, that's a good movie that had a bunch of people in it, too. Evan Peters was in that prior yeah. to his American Horror Story breakout. Um. Uh. Was it? That I mean the main guy has has exploded. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson has exploded since those movies. Chloe Grace Moretz. I mean, yes. That I mean, I know that wasn't her first, but man, her hit girl established her as a force sure. to be reckoned. Was with. that before or after that? Uh, let let the right one in before. Remake? I'm almost positive. Before. Okay. Hold on. If you keep, I'll uh. Because that was a, keep talking. That was an. I wanted to say that that was a comic adaptation, but it's not. That was a Swedish movie adaptation. Yes, no, it is. Um, that was just a horror movie. So that was in 2010. Was Let Me In? Did you ever see Let Me In? Yes. What'd you think about that? It's fun. It's fun. Do you it's like the as, original? Yes, I love the original. It is not as good as the original. Yeah. Um, the thing about it is, this is gonna sound, uh. I guess pretentious. I don't mean it to sound that way, but this is the actual truth with this movie is the ver is the first original version of that movie plays so heavily into the subtext of his emotional psyche, like the major kids emotional psyche, like his relationship with his parents and why he wants to befriend this girl and where, why the bullying plays into a factor and how he's struggling with making these decisions. The, the American version basically just says, hey, we want to be scary. It's about vampires. Sure. Here's the premise. Right. And so they, they left out a lot of the character stuff. 
or didn't hit it as well. And I think that hurts that movie. Like that movie needs that layer. And the American version just didn't have that layer. I can totally agree with that. Um, now, before we – I know we need to start to wrap up, but before we do, we cannot leave this episode without it mentioning and talking a little bit about The Walking Dead. We okay. would be doing our se- – people would think we're idiots if we yep. didn't at least mention The Walking Dead when we're talking about comic adaptations that aren't mainstream superheroes. You ready? Here, I'm going to break down The Walking Dead for you. <laughs> Fantastic first season. <laughs> Holy crap, those first six episodes are great. Should have been a miniseries. Yeah, that's it. The first season should have been in black and white. Those six episodes, miniseries, done. Yep. Because that's it. everything after that, and the, and I love that comic series. I sure. want that comic series to keep going. Yep. I want it to continue. The thing about, and, and this, we, should, we probably should have talked about this way earlier on, but one of the things that I think is hard when you're adapting an ongoing series based off of a comic book is that in comics, they have the license to just get rid of any character. Yep. So in the walking dead, people are losing body parts. You know, their people are dying every other page, major characters are dying and then other people are coming in to replace them. You can't do that on a show where Daryl is the most important and popular character on the entire roster. You right. can't just get rid of Norman Reedus because the character arc would make sense for him to die at a certain point. People right. are under contracts. You have a fan base. But comics can do that. You know? Right. Like, they killed off almost all of uh, Andrew uh, Andrew Lincoln's family really fast. Right. In the comics. He lost an arm, like, really fast. To the governor. Yes. And so... The, I think a show that has longevity that's trying to stay popular and in the cultural zeitgeist cannot structure itself like a comic if it wants to survive. And, and then you lose what makes the comic the comic, what yes. makes it a popular special series. Yes. So then it kind of becomes less of an adaptation in my mind and more of just an original series starring some of the characters from this yeah. comic book. It should just be like The Walking Dead based on the property – based on the characters created by so-and-so. Right. It's like right, not right, an right. adaptation of it. So um, – and I know lots of people will probably be like, oh, but I fucking love The Walking Dead. And don't I don't know if wrong, anyone will is, say that anymore. I don't know. It's still the second highest rated cable show on television. I know. But did you see the the, the, uh, the watch stats about their latest season? Uh-uh. The, okay, so they, they always do how many people watch the season premiere and how many people watch the season finale. And the last three years, every season premiere has taken like a two or three million viewership hit. So it's like, we're at 24 million, we're at 18 million, we're at 16 million. This last one was like 14 million at the beginning of the season, and at the end of the season was like six. Woo. They lost like half their viewership this year. Yep. It may be it may be the death knell for Walking Dead. Although I did read an article yesterday that, that said that they're exploring a third spinoff series or a third series. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, they've got Andrew and they killed off Andrew Lincoln, or they not killed him off. They sent him off. They removed him from the show. Yeah, and then they but they've already contracted him for like three made-for-TV Walking Dead movies. Movies. So yeah, uh, who knows if it's ever going away? I I loved it when it first came out. It was yep. exactly what I wanted it to be. 
and then they realized the pace wouldn't sustain a TV show. And they're like, well, we've got to have 18 episodes a season. And we've got to slow this down. Yeah. As opposed to what Frank Darabont did with the first one was like, I'm going to do six and I'm going to do them great. Yep. Or was it four in the first? No, I think it was six. I think it was. I think the first season was six. It's like, I'm going to do six and I'm going to do them well. And they're like, well, we got to have 24 going forward. It's like, well, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) Later. That sucks. Pass. So speaking of, we've talked about good things. We've talked about bad things. Let's talk about a list. This is where we make a list. A list. List. All right. So here we are listing comic book adaptations that are not Marvel and DC. Okay. So. For this, I know we've talked about a lot. We have mentioned some that sort of uh, Venn diagram into the world, like like the Watchmen, let's say. Yes. That's technically DC, but could we consider it for this list? What do you say, Q? I would say no. Unfortunately, okay. the only reason now is because, like I said, they have recently released a miniseries comic crossover where the Watchmen right. meet other, like, Superman and shit. Sure. And now that sure. that's happened, I feel like it's become part of the DC canon. I'm okay with that. Well, if that's the case, then I want to say somewhere on this list, American Splendor needs to reside. Okay. I think it's the best film that has I, been adapted I from will, a comic book. I, oh, God. That's a crazy statement. Are you crazy? I think it's the best made movie. No. Are you it, crazy? Have you seen History of Violence? Oh, that's true. I love History of Violence. That's a well, fucking I think that should brilliant be on there too. movie. No, th- we can't just have a whole <laughs> ones of just dramas made off of comic books. Uh, but I'm saying I like both of those. I think we need to do like we used to do old lists. We need a movie to represent each kind of a genre or a movie or television show to represent each kind of adaptation. So oh, I think, okay. One I of think, those. I think History of Violence, Road to Perdition, um, and Ghost World even, and maybe even, and American Splendor, those would all have to kind of battle it out for real-world, real-life adaptation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, man. That one's – that. okay. Well, that, now I need to think about that. You think on that. Gonna be, that's going to be tough. Um, I think as far – if we're going uh, for – I think Scott Pilgrim vs. The World definitely needs to be uh, okay, on there. Okay, good. That was one that I also wanted on there quite badly. Yep, I think Scott Pilgrim definitely needs to be on there. Okay. Um, I would pause it because it honestly was the first and is still kind of the only one of its kind. I feel like Sin City needs to be on there. Now, it's possible that Sin City and Scott Pilgrim have to battle it out, but I feel like they're different enough in their style that uh, it's two different types of adaptation. I can get on board for that. So where would like okay? So if we're doing f- Sin City, we're. I doing- feel like Sin City would kind of replace Watchmen as a true to comic, panel by panel adaptation because that's pretty much what Sin City was. It was panel for panel, a comic book recreation. Yeah, basically. it was really close. So where would like Hellboy fall into this then? I think Hellboy would fall into like the fantasy world adaptation. I don't think it was a direct from comic book lift. I think it would be it would be considered with probably like Umbrella Academy okay. or um, like Death Note, De- Death Note, which I don't want to include that on anything. No, I don't. 
Um, um, I honestly, I would put Hellboy up there with too with like Snowpiercer. It creates a world, right? Um, so are you saying we have to choose between Hellboy and Snowpiercer? No, I'm not necessarily. I'm just oh, man, I'm trying to put that's... it into context here. Yeah. Oh um, man, that's that's this is getting tougher than I thought it was going to be. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think, or you know what? I would say Hellboy and Kingsman would probably be in the same oh. genre more so than Snowpiercer. I can totally say Hellboy of the ones you've mentioned so far. If we're removing Snowpiercer from the competition, Hellboy is the top of that list for me. For sure. I don't know that I want to remove Snowpiercer. I think that Snowpiercer is kind of an important, but I think, oh, I got it. Snowpiercer would have to go in line with your Battle Angel Alitas, your Ghost in the Shells. Okay. Those like foreign comic adaptations. Yeah. So are we? So are we putting? Are we saying Hellboy should be on the list? Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It is pretty um, good. I don't know that it's like best comic adaptation yeah. ever. Where would uh, Old Boy land then? Since we're old boy, about, Old Boy, I think is in the same genre as like Amer- uh, History of Violence, Road to Perdition. Those like real world, there's nothing really yeah. like over the top about that movie other than you know captivity for a long period of time. True. And this Man. dude being a badass. Mo- now, to clarify, we're talking about not the Spike Lee. No, 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 the original. Okay. The original like Lady Violence. Got it. Trilogy. Got it, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Man, that's okay. We're gonna have to come back to that group because that's gonna be the hardest group for me. I think so. Um. So right now we have Scott Pilgrim on the list. We have Sin City on the list. Um, and that's it. Uh, let's see. What else? Scott do we Pilgrim, do? Sin City. Um, I mean, Snowpiercer was pretty great. Snowpiercer um, is great. We talked about From Hell, but I wouldn't want to put it on this. No. We talked about like Kick-Ass, but I don't what know about, if I'd want to put it on this. What about The Crow? As like a horror one? Yeah. That would be, that would beat out From Hell for me for sure and, for and sure. Walking Dead. Agreed. It beat out. Well, I don't know. The first can we can we say only the first season of Walking Dead? I don't know. Or is that getting too macro? I, or I too 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 micro. I almost would say we have to take Walking Dead as a totality. Okay. Well, in that case, it's totally off the it's, list. Yeah, I'd say we have to. But then again, if we're talking cultural importance, I mean, Walking Dead maybe had the biggest cultural significance outside of a superhero yeah. comic book adaptation maybe may i mean may it definitely be. sold the most merchandise <laughs> so if we put walking dead on there for I, cultural significance i would have to say it's only the first season though because okay. that's what started that cultural significance what they've done since then i i just want to ignore all right i'd be willing to put walking dead first season only Strictly under the category for cultural impact outside of a Marvel or DC property. Perfect. It's it's very wide. It's very I lo- wordy. I love it. Um, okay, so I'll I'll add that on there. All right. I mean, I think for me, I think we're down to we're down to the like the last two spots here, and we have a lot of dramas to choose from. Okay. I'll I'll allow two dramas. Okay. Well, let's talk about them then, because we've got. American Splendor, we've got History of Violence, we've got Old Boy, we've got Snowpiercer, and we've got All right, I would say Road to Perdition, Road Snowpiercer, to Perdition. and Old Old Boy are the same ilk. Okay, Old Boy, Road to Perdition, and Snowpiercer. Yep. Oh, so Lord I would say we'd heaven. have to choose between 
Okay, I'll eliminate Road to Perdition. I'd say we'd have to choose between Old Boy and Snowpiercer. Oh man. Oh, I would have to choose. I would have to vote for Old Boy. For Old Boy? Between those two. Um, just that. I too that would vote for Old Boy. Okay. Whew. That one would. That one's tough though, because Snowpiercer is real good. And then I think we can put. I would. I here's here's the argument I'm gonna make. I'm going to make an argument for screw History of Violence. I love that movie, but take that off. I think it honestly needs to be between American Splendor and Ghost World. Of those two, I think American Splendor is better. I think Ghost World is better. Really? Yes. Personally, have you seen Ghost World? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen Ghost World a handful of times. Um I th- I feel like here's the problem with American Splendor. American Splendor is is navel gazing. It is a story about the right it is very like Charlie Kaufman esque. Whereas Ghost World is a comic that he wrote that defines his style, if that makes sense. The other one is just like a biography told through a comic book. So I, mean, I would say if we're talking defining like artwork as opposed to biographical source material. I don't yeah, know. That's where that's where I'm putting it. But I'm see, open. because the argument that I could make was that American Splendor took a comic, which is American Splendor. Sure. And adapted it while you know, maneuvering it, like, you know, interlacing it with the life of the creator, which I found very intriguing as a different type of way to do this. Sure. Um, but I mean, I, I can see it. I can see it both ways. That's where I'm struggling with it because they're both very, very good movies. Um, I just, I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling a lot, man, with this one. Um, Oh, you know what? I was totally wrong. Hard, what do you mean? Uh, American Splendor and Ghost World written by two different people. Oh, they are? Yep. Harvey Picard wrote American Splendor. Right. He didn't write and, Ghost World? Nope. Ghost World is written by Daniel Klaus. Oh. It, it it feels like they could be in the same world, though. Like It's very it totally realistic. Does. He very does. Based. He does similar graphic novels yeah very like real world real people dealing with real problems kind of thing right man um, i let's go american splendor yeah i i'm just uh I, I just think that one does enough things different to set itself apart for me let's do it and so, man giovanni's really good in that one what do we got on a list all right we've got this is in no particular order we have scott pilgrim versus the world we have sin city we have The Walking Dead first season, but under the precarious title of its cultural impact on society. Uh, we have Old Boy, and we have American Splendor. All right, Walking Dead is number five. Walking hard number Dead five. is hard number five. Yeah. Without question. I would say Sin City would be a number four. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Now, let me ask. I guess we're working our way up cultural significance. So... Sin City did start a lot of the, well, I guess 300 would technically have done that. Sure. 
Okay, yeah, I'm I'm fine with Sin City's not a great movie, so let's put it down. That's what I'm saying. It, I I really like Sin City. The first I do one. too. The first the have you seen the second one? Yeah, it's real it's, bad. I almost can't get through it. Yeah, it's really bad. So bad. Okay, so number five, Walking Dead, the first season for cultural significance only. Yeah. Number four, Sin City. Yep. We've got Scott Pilgrim, Old Boy, and American Splendor left. Do we think an American Splendor for number three? Um, or would that be above either of the other two? I think Old Boy, American Splendor, Scott Pilgrim. In that order, like one, two, and three? Um, Scott Pilgrim would be one. Oh, okay. So American Old Boy is number three, American Splendor is number two, and then Scott Pilgrim is number one? Yep. I mean, I'm okay with and that. And my, my reasoning for that is I think Scott Pilgrim – did something that some of these other haven't and he took an already existing comic book and I would argue that he actually improved it. Like I feel like the movie is a better adaptation than the comic. I went back and tried to read some of the comic and I enjoyed the movie more. Um, I feel like he kind of distilled everything down into it and made a movie of what makes Scott Pilgrim great. You know what? I am perfectly fine with that. I love that movie. It was one of the first ones I mentioned today. It's one that I've gone back. Outside of Old Boy, of the ones on this list, it's the one that I've watched the most on Exactly. Purpose. Like, I've gone exactly. back to it a lot. So, what we have is number five, Walking Dead, the first season for cultural significance only. Number four, Sin City. Number yep. three, Old Boy, the original. Number two, American Splendor. And number one, Spot Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I love it. I love it. I feel good about it. I love it. Everyone should go watch these movies. Please do. Please watch the movies. And while you're watching those movies, follow us on social media. Uh, we share a lot of fun stuff on Instagram. We have a lot of great stories on, on Facebook. We have a good community building where we can talk about movies and share opinions. Um, but, yeah, follow us on social media. Share the show. Give us a five-star rating. But also watch these movies and let's talk about them. Do Are we wrong? Did we miss any? Should Kingsman have been on there? Did we give Alita Battle Angel a, a non-fair shake? Let us know what should be on this top five list outside of our definitive opinions that we've just given you. And don't forget, cue for Batman. Cue for Batman. Bye. Bye. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com got that or connecting with them on facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Selective fatigue syndrome? Maybe. See you next week. 
And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.